Hi everybody! Welcome to another Time Out with Tackle What's Next! I am your host, Danielle Berman. I am the founder of and CEO of Tackle What's Next, where we help athletes find purpose and figure out what they're going to do in life after sports. Really appreciate you guys being here and taking a time out with us tonight. Tonight we are talking to Sheikah Tandon. Sheikah is currently the Director of Partnerships for Silicon Valley Exercise Analytics, Svexa. I'm going to make sure when she gets on that I'm pronouncing that correctly. They're an intelligence company for exercise and physical training, and they use analytics to help pro teams, athletes, and coaches optimize their training regimes and keep the athletes on the field, and even more importantly, help them perform at an optimal level. Now, Sheikah's an athlete herself. She's a five-time gold medalist and swimmer for the Indian Olympic team, and as her career progressed over the years, she began to really see an opportunity to use her platform to better the community she lived and played in. And you know we love that here at Tackle What's Next. She is an advisory board member for India's first integrated school for sports and academics called the Sports School. And she's a member of the USADA's science team and works with an organization called Bridges of Sports, which is committed to developing India's fastest sprinters uh, from marginalized and socioeconomically weak rural communities. She's originally from India, but she's also, and she's been heavily involved in supporting her own communities through sports. So I see she goes here we're gonna get her on i'm gonna go ahead and bring her up and we will get started with this conversation hello hello how's it going hey daniel how are you doing great how about you good good we've been trying to set this up for a while so i really appreciate you being flexible Oh my goodness. No, it's a pleasure to have you on. So excited to talk to you today. How's everything been going? Pretty good. Pretty good. At Sexa, we just closed a round of funding. So work's been interesting, busy, which is all the good things. Yes. Yes. Busy is good as long as it's good busy, right? Mm -hmm. So funding is funding is great. And funding's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> am I saying it correctly? Sexa? Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. So I want to talk a little bit about Svexa. Like, what exactly is your role there? What do you do? We talked a little bit about it in our intro, but give us the kind of big summary from your perspective. Sure. So uh, my role at Svexa is on the partnership side of things. And essentially what we do is we help, uh, you know, different health techs, fitness tech, athletes, coaches, you know, anyone that's collecting a lot of data where we work in the back end to help them analyze that data and just get more meaning out of that data. So essentially, we're connecting those dots to help them, uh, you know, get actionable insights, get personalized recommendations, and just in a way to optimize their day-to-day -day health and fitness, uh, you know, pursuits. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And so I'm assuming the funding you guys are receiving is for folks that are using that are interested in saying, hey, we want to fund a company that's building out these data opportunities and bringing in partnerships or is there companies that are actually using that? You go, you guys are bringing in funding for other companies. Is it your own organization? No, this is venture. This is venture funding. So this we'd be using the, this funding to grow the company, hire new folk, uh, you know, reach out to different partners and just move on to the next step of, uh, of startup life. <laughs> oh, exciting. Startup life must be very, very exciting. So that is that is really cool. Um, how did you kind of get involved with a venture with a startup in this tech space, you know, right, you're in this you're in this venture space now as you guys are growing as a company. But how did you get there? Was that something you always wanted to get involved in? Is that just an area that we were always interested in? 
so it's something that just evolved i mean take a step back when i was uh, growing up in india and and swimming for india i mean i was always interested in health fitness just by virtue of being an athlete but i always wanted to work in the anti doping space so when i moved mm. out to the us to uh, to study uh, after graduating from college i went out to work at the us anti doping agency on their science team for about 5 odd years and then got married and moved to silicon valley and you know as most people know once you move here you're truly immersed in the power of technology and so that's really what happened to me you know once i moved out here that's how i got interested in startup culture startup life just the power of technology so i worked at a few fitness wearable companies um and you know just at at techcrunch so where i was you know just reading a lot more about the different uh, different industries and how startups and technology plays a role in a lot of things and so it's just one thing that led to the other and you know here i am have worked in startups for the past few years and just really really like the uh, i think the energy that uh, all startups have and no days uh, the same and as an athlete that's really exciting for me <laughs> yeah no absolutely and you mentioned it and i want to jump back kind of go back in time here um that you swam for india and you you know have obviously been swimming for quite a long time so i want to know like was swimming your first sport do you remember what your first sport was that you played and like tell us about how swimming became the sport that you were going to move forward with in your athlete career sure sure just uh, as a starting point swimming was not my sport of choice i used to <laughs> okay. i mean i was always i was always a athletic kid i was loved being outside uh, i actually wanted to be a runner Uh, okay. but when uh, when it was time to go and uh, you know sign up at one of the running the pro running clubs in india they uh, they weren't taking kids my age so they told my parents that you know bring her back in a year because that's when we start enrollment mm-hmm. and my brother had severe asthma so the doctor recommended that he start swimming so mom didn't want to leave me alone at home so i was dragged along to the pool and you know i was not one of the kids who wanted to be in so i was quite happy being outside and being the spectator but you know one thing led to the other and i started enjoying swimming and within a year i won my first national medal and then you know from that point i never went back to running uh, and just loved swimming and uh, you know did it for almost 15 years then yeah oh wow that's so funny it's always It's always interesting to hear because I find that a lot of people's first sport is not the sport that they ended up, you know, sticking with and excelling in. So it kind of goes to show that you should try a lot of different things because you never know what's going to stick with you. Um, but tell me about, you know, what it was like. So you swam, you started winning national medals. How what was that journey like to get to the Olympics? You know, what was that transition like after the Olympics? So tell me a little bit about what was what did it take to get there and and how did you figure out what to do when when you were done sure so uh the olympics again was not something on my mind when i started swimming it was you know i was really enjoying the journey enjoying the process taking it you know one swim meet to another swim meet uh but i think it was the year 2000 when i was pretty close to the qualifying times for the sydney olympics and so that's when i was like ha huh, this is you know something i could do yeah. uh so i think it was really you know 99 end of 99 early 2000 is when i really made a push for it uh to try and qualify and uh, you know 2004 was that year and really really glad to have you know been at the olympics for india uh and in athens of all places so you know it was one of those things which just kind of evolved uh in you know the most organic sense and i think that's why i really enjoyed it because there was no real external pressure to 
you know, to achieve uh, anything that was not really uh, my own personal goal. So I think that mm-hmm. just made it a lot easier. But also, you know, growing up in India, sport was never a viable like, career option. So I always had to, in parallel, pursue uh, academics as well. And so for me, that that's what really set me up, you know, when I decided to transition out of competitive sport. And having that biology background just enabled me to you know, pursue anti-doping science as an, as an athlete, I'd been tested a lot. And so I saw how the system worked uh, and I really wanted to be part of, uh, you know, the solution in keeping uh, sport fair. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, it's interesting that you say that you, you kind of were pursuing swimming and your education and kind of all these other things at the same time, because I think you know, in different in different cultures, like here in the States, that's not something that we encourage athletes to do is to dive into all of these other things and keep building on their education. We want them to, but we say, you know, you kind of be like committed to your sport and you got to go pro and that's the goal, right? Uh, so I love that comparison that you didn't have that pressure and it kind of helped you just be able to take things in stride and perform the way you wanted to without all this external pressure. I want to know, what impact did swimming and sports in general really make on you and your life and the work you're doing today? You know, just in general, what, where do you see sport coming out in some of the things that you're doing? In a lot of different ways, actually. I think, you know, any competitive athlete will tell you that the sport that they played and the lessons that they learned while playing that sport, you know, have always stuck with them and have shaped how they are today. And I'm no different. You know, being an athlete, you, you have these goals for yourself. And, you know, more often than not, there are some long-term goals and some short-term goals. So for me, what's really stuck is that ability to, you know, have those goals for myself and just work backwards in achieving them and, you know, enjoying that journey and not necessarily stressing too much about the day-to-day ups and downs that happen. And for me, that's been something that I've carried forward. And also as an athlete, you're trying to improve every day, right? You're trying to get better every single day. So there's this constant, uh, you know, learning that you're trying to do. And so for me, that's also something that I've, you know, taken taken into my professional career as well. But I'm not afraid to learn if I don't know something that's perfectly fine. I just take as, take it as an opportunity to, you know, challenge myself and do something different. And I think even my career path thus far, you know, from being an athlete to being in anti-doping science to then moving into product management to now doing partnerships. I mean, you can see that transition and, uh, you know, so I'm, not, I'm not afraid to learn and I'm okay with, uh, you know, taking on something new. And I think that stems from that athletic uh, spirit, competitiveness, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> no, I love it. I think it's so true. It's, it's that adaptability, right? Yeah. I mean, you just you have to think on the fly and things are going to come up in the middle of a meet mm-hmm. that you're like, well, I didn't expect that to happen. I guess I got to figure out what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that is one of the key things, the goal setting you mentioned, which I love, I think it's so important. And then also that uh, adaptability and that ability to like, take criticism or learn new things mm-hmm. and not be afraid of that kind of unknown to do, right? Just like, well, if this is going to help me get better, if this is going to help me get my job done, I'll do it. And so mm-hmm. I think it's translating that from like your sport to whatever work you're doing or whatever personal obstacle you're trying to overcome. So mm-hmm. I love that. And I think the adaptability is a huge asset. You know, you can work under pressure and you also, I love the the learning because that's, no matter where you go, there's going to be something you don't know and you're going to have to sure. learn. And <laughs> it's a good skill to have, right? So that's amazing. 
I wanted to ask you, because not only are you working in Silicon Valley, but you've worked with a couple of really interesting nonprofits that I mentioned mm -hmm. at the top of this conversation. So tell me a little bit about the sports school and what your mission is, what the mission is with that school, how you got involved. Just give me give me kind of the scoop on that, because I think it's super fascinating. Sure. So the sports school, so as I mentioned earlier, you know, like in India, typically a lot of kids, uh, you know, drop out of uh, drop out of uh, their sport so they can pursue their academics because you know sport was not really some the career option for and it, honestly it, it still isn't in in most cases so for me i know i benefited a lot by pursuing both academics and sport in parallel there are things that i learned in the classroom which you know i would not have learned uh, at the at the pool and there are things that I learned at the pool that I carry forward and I would have never learned some of those things in a textbook and so for me I really value uh, you know the learnings that I got from both places and so what the sports school is trying to do is almost uh, you know inculcate that type of atmosphere and that type of environment for kids in India so that they can pursue both their academics as well as their athletics on the same campus without having to, you know, just be pulled in 10 different directions, uh, you know, to, to gain both those. So for me, that's something that I know I benefited from. And uh, so just their vision and their mission really speaks to me in uh, in what they're trying to do with, with the school. Yeah, no, it's, it's so important, I think. And sport can be such a great tool mm -hmm. uh, to teach us those lessons, but also kind of to bring people together. So I love that you guys are using the sports school to really help folks pursue sports and and their academics and their professional careers because you're you're so right these skills are so important to intertwine and mm -hmm. this real world kind of experience you get from sports with these life skills you know it's hard to pull those out of a book or a textbook sure. right? it's important <laughs> you need the textbooks and you need that you need that real world experience so that is awesome so what kind of programs do you guys do at the school is there anything is it is it sports teams that you guys are built at the school it's the teams that they're playing and then they take studies alongside of that or is it more just supporting other institutions with building sports programs and and kind of having them run alongside no so i think uh, just you know think of it more like a like how the ncaa college system here is set up right so it's the, the kids are at the school or at the college and they are you know going through their sport training and you know they have a they have a few uh, institutes that they uh, work with on on campus so those mm -hmm. they get the kids get training uh, you know through them but then also the the coaches and the teachers are aligned uh, in terms of you know how much capacity those kids can handle for the day and so that's really how it's it's set up where it's in one space you get to do both and everyone's talking to each other and so you know the kid is not really pulled in different directions and having to make uh, decisions which uh, you know could potentially take them away from the sport or take them away from uh, from the academics yeah no i love that i think that's so great that they have adults that are helping them kind of say hey this is what we're assigning on the on the homework side tonight practice can't go three hours right whatever it is <laughs> we need to tone it down there's finals coming up right all of those things yeah. Um, tell me a little bit more about Bridges of Sport. You know, how did you get involved with them and, and what exactly is your work with that organization? So with Bridges of Sport, I was actually, uh, the, the founder reached out to me, you know, a few years ago, even before Bridges of Sport was, was a thing. And he had this idea of, you know, using sport uh, to help social development. And for me, just that idea is just so powerful. So even without, I, I'd never met him, I didn't know him, uh, but just that 
the vision that he had just spoke to me. And so we started working together. So I work with them in an advisory capacity. Okay. So uh, what they're trying to do is they work with one of the tribal communities in India that, you know, traditionally have been really neglected, but they come from an African, you know, background. And so from a sport and athletic standpoint, they're really, really talented. And they just have this raw talent that you can see when they come in. But what we do is essentially we take the entire sport program and we create an ecosystem where they are versus taking them from their environment and bringing them to, you know, urban areas uh, to train because that then there's a disconnect, right? So yeah. we are taking the programs to them versus taking them out of, um, you know, their, their, their ecosystem. And that's had tremendous um you know, uh, like positives, because through the pandemic, all these kids who are, you know, in their early teens, all the way to late teens, they could still stay at home be with their families, but still train. But we also found that now, you know, the, the people in those communities are seeing these kids train. And now the younger kids want to want to be that and sport is now suddenly an option for them. And uh, I'll give you an example, like one of the, the, the girls who came to us a few years ago, she had never owned shoes and she came to us and did the trials barefoot and, you know, through training and she won her first national medal uh, at the end of last year. So for a community mm. to, you know, never have that opportunity to participate in sport, to now suddenly see, you know, one of your own in the newspapers highlighted and you're bringing a lot of, you know, there's a lot of pride involved in that. So just the upliftment that this community gets through sport is very, very evident. And it's, it's just really, really powerful. And so for me, that's super exciting. And that's really why I'm involved with them. Oh, I love it. I think you're so right. The power that sport has to make an impact is huge and so exciting to hear the model and how you're bringing it to them. So it's a part of what they do every day mm -hmm. and not kind of taking them out of their comfort level and their comfort mm -hmm. zone, their community. Uh, why why is getting involved with these kinds of organizations like the sports school and bridges of sport why is that so important to you why is that something you spend your time on in addition to a full-time job <laughs> at a startup <laughs> so for me i mean giving back is something that's always been you know important to me and it, it it just comes through with my family my parents do that my extended family does that my grandparents have always done that so it's just something that we do it's something that i've always seen and now i see it firsthand you know like just the power of just someone putting in their time and honestly you know there's nothing is too too big nothing is too small everyone can participate it's your community and I think if we can all put in just a little bit of effort to help someone someone in in the community we we just grow collectively so for me that's that's something that I've always seen and uh, it's it's almost like it's it's not an option to do otherwise <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think it's great. And I, I'm glad to hear that it's been rewarding for you and the work that you're doing, because I do think that uh, you're inspiring other folks to say, hey, I can give back and do things in my own way and, and contribute to some amazing organizations. Even just raising awareness for some mm -hmm. of the groups you already work mm -hmm. with is fantastic. Um, I want to go to, as we wrap up here very soon, I just want to go to a couple of quick advice questions. So I want to know if there's anything that you feel like really set you up for success in terms of going from sport, competitive sport into your next chapter. Was there one thing that you would say, I want other athletes to make sure they think about this or make sure they do this as they're approaching the end of their career? 
So I think definitely planning for that transition, you know, whatever that might look like. And I know it's an, you know, it's an uncomfortable topic, especially when you're in the thick of things competing, you know, you, that transition phase just feels so far away. And it's almost some people think, like, you know, if I'm thinking about that, I'm distracting myself from what I'm doing right now. But the reality is that that transition phase is something that every athlete has to go through. You know, sometimes it's a decision that you make for yourself and sometimes it's a decision that's get, get, that gets taken for you. And, you know, the latter is what, uh, what kind of ca- catches you off guard. So, but I think if you're able to prep for that and just be aware of what your options are, I think allows you to just, you know, whenever that time comes to just leverage what you've done uh, into making that transition. And I think most people struggle because they're caught off guard or they haven't really thought it through. I know I've benefited from, you know, having at least put in some thought to it. Uh, not not saying, you know, that I got it spot on, but but I think it definitely helped. And for me personally, doing the uh, the academics along with the sport helped. But, you know, that's not saying that that's the only way, but you can even like, you know, the things like, talking to to your peers, talking to former athletes in your sport, just seeing, you know, what are they doing out there? What are they doing now that they've retired from competitive sport? And even just at the back of your mind, having options in terms of what can I do? You know, what is out there? What are, mm-hmm. what are my peers doing? And, you know, what does their journey look like? And I think just having that knowledge at the back of your mind definitely helps. And so that's the one piece of advice I would give. You know, think about it. It might be uncomfortable, but it's it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Amazing advice, especially for what we talk about here on Time Out. So it was a perfect, perfect segue to to wrap us up here. I want to know also, because everything you said is spot on. You can't control what happens 90% of the time, right? So you may as well start thinking about it. Um, But for someone that's also looking at making an impact in the work that they do outside of sports, right? So you're, you're working full time, but you're also finding time to give back. And I know that's important to you. What do you have, what advice do you have for athletes that are saying, well, I want to, I want to make a difference after I retire, after I graduate from sport, you know, how do I start? Where do I, how do I know where to go? How do I get started with creating impact in my own community? So it could be something, you know, as small as just, uh, or as simple as just giving, you know, donating time or resources to either a local nonprofit. I mean, if there are some causes that speak to you more than others, you know, maybe seek those out if you're trying to donate uh, donate anything but you can also like actively participate like I mentioned earlier just speaking to a community of athletes and you know telling them what's mm-hmm. out there like what are you doing uh, and enlightening them with different career options you know if I'm in the tech space things are changing rapidly you know what's in today is out tomorrow and you know so just keeping um, you know and so, so sometimes I also speak with athletes and uh, my peers and so we we talk about what options are out there how is technology changing what's evolving what are the latest things to learn about and I, I think those conversations definitely help and that's another way of giving back because now you're opening someone's mind to what's out there and they may pick up something which they didn't know of otherwise and so that's another way of giving back even though it's not a traditional you know non-profit uh, giving back but I think as as long as you're making a difference in some shape or form uh, you know to to somebody uh, I consider that giving back 
Oh, I love that. It's definitely not about starting a nonprofit or donating money. It's it's wherever you see a need, like you mentioned earlier, just looking in your community and being able to help somebody out. Um, that's so, so, so important. And that is creating an impact. So I love that you're giving back to athletes coming up after you around the work you do and what it was like for you. Uh, so that's a really, really great answer. So Last question is just, is there anything coming up for you or Spexa or some of the organizations that you're supporting um, that you want people to know about? And then how can people stay in touch? How can people follow you, stay in touch with the work you're doing? Yeah, sure. So at, at, at Spexa, we're, like I said, we raise a round of funding. So we're in the process of, you know, hiring. So if anyone's interested in what we do, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, we are also in the process of, of growing our partnerships. So if there are any, you know, sport and fitness uh, tech companies out there that are looking to you know work with us we would love to have those conversations as well uh, on the personal front looking forward to summer we have two little girls one and four so looking forward to some you know time outdoors in in the summer and hoping to travel a bit as well uh, but in terms of reaching out and uh, keeping in touch i'm pretty active on linkedin and uh, instagram Fantastic. Well, Shika, thank you so much for your time. This was so much fun. I hope everybody watching live and everybody that's tuning in later will get a lot of value out of this. And I love that you're plugging people that want to learn more about the tech space, learn more about Texa as partner, as employee, possibly. So we'll definitely make sure to plug that uh, when we start sharing this out. But thanks again for taking the time out with us. Thank this you, Daniel. So much this, was, this was fun. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks again. And thanks for everybody for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Time Out with Taco What's Next. I hope you enjoyed the show and that you learned a lot from our awesome guest. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can reach even more incredible listeners just like you. And be sure to share this episode with a friend who you think would love this conversation. Thank you to Jacob Tabo, Carter Lewis, Joshua Love, and Olivia Peters from Team Taco What's Next for their help editing this series. We'll see you next time for another Time Out with Taco What's Next.